Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today, we are continuing our series of our favorite posts that we've written on our blog. Today, we're going to be dissecting how to be productive in 2021. This is a definitive guide I wrote just about a month ago at the time of this recording. And so pretty fresh in my mind, and I am pretty excited to be going over this one here today. Productivity is something that I'm pretty passionate about. I love just trying to optimize my system to the best of my ability. And I think that's just one area that I'm pretty successful at throughout my life so far, but I'm always just looking for new tools, tips, tricks, whatever to to optimize that even further. So Terry, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Sure. So point number one here in this article is why do you want to be productive? Essentially, like what is your reasoning behind it? What is your your why? When you're in the productivity and self-development world, you'll see that kind of that question come up a lot. Why do you want to do something? But I think for humans, this is more of a question that you have to answer personally. Like, why do you personally want to become more productive? But essentially, I think one general like reason why that all humans just have a natural inclination to want to be more productive is that productivity really is just like a growth at its most basic form. It's just basically measuring and organizing and becoming more efficient in the way we grow. Because, I mean, we've all had our unproductive moments, unproductive days here and there. And I think the real reason that unproductivity or just being, I guess, procrastinating in general or something bothers us is because it feels like we're just stagnant or that we're avoiding the things that we know we should be attending to that will make us better human beings that'll drive us further, help us achieve our goals and to just grow. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. And so I think everyone kind of feels that basic need to want to and to become better. And productivity is really just the study or the, I guess, the pursuit of how to do that more efficiently, how to do it better and how to get more done. And there's lots of you know psychology tips and like actual technical tips in the field of productivity. And that's and we'll be diving into a little bit of those in this podcast and in the article. But now that we've gone over kind of the why or the basics, the start of productivity, I'll let Jacob start us off with his uh, tip number one. Yeah. So the first thing that I think you got to do is start to eliminate distractions in your life. And we're going to talk about a few different ways to do this. I think the biggest distraction for most people or at least one of the two biggest is cell phone. And so here's a little exercise that I recommend you do if you have an iPhone. If you have like an Android or something else, I'm sure you can do this another way. I'm not familiar with that way because I have an iPhone. You're probably familiar with it. So I would recommend you go to the settings app, you search for screen time or find that setting on there and then go to see all activity and then go to week and just look at what comes up. I think you'd be surprised to see if you haven't looked at this before your screen time usage over the last week. I know that I used to be in like the five to seven hour 
range every day, like on average, which is just insane. Like literally that's almost spending as much time on my phone as I do sleeping. Not quite, but like pretty darn close. And so it's almost scary to think about like how often we're on our phones. And granted, some of that is like necessary. Maybe you got to text your parents or whatever, or maybe a lot of it, like for me is productive, but a lot of it is distractions, like checking social media, watching YouTube, you know, doing things that aren't really are playing games, you know? So a lot of it, you know, isn't necessarily productive use of your cell phone. And so I would recommend you take a look at that and just kind of start to build an awareness around how much time you're spending on your phone through the steps that I've taken. I've been able to reduce that five to seven hours a day down to like three to four. And I'm constantly trying to keep lowering that, just make a more productive use out of my phone. Kind of going off what Jacob was just talking about with notifications, one app you'll probably notice that you get a lot of notifications from besides social media is your email. And email is a tricky one because it's kind of like a necessary evil. A lot of us kind of hate our inboxes because they get flooded with so many emails on a daily basis. We kind of need them for the different accounts we have. And I do want to note that I don't think it's quite best idea to like completely mute your email app block all notifications just because I know I get a lot of important emails coming through. I mean, there's a lot that are just kind of newsletters, but there's also a lot that are important. And one example is when recently a crypto guy follow a crypto YouTuber, his email got hacked. And I can't remember if he had his notifications muted. I think he did. He had his the entire email app muted. So he wasn't getting any notifications that someone was logging to his account. And so the only reason he knew was because his wife was starting the day before him and was looking at his YouTube channel or something and noticed she got a bunch of notifications about it or she got notifications to her email because they were linked somehow. But it's just scenarios like that when you don't necessarily, it depends on how you use your email personally, but like, I know I get like a lot of important bank notifications and other important things like that. But one way you can start to, I guess, kind of manage the amount of notifications that is coming in, because there are quite a few, is to open your inbox and to go to however you have your email set up and just look at the last 100 emails that you've received and scroll through those. When you see an email, like open it and you can kind of read through it or just kind of look at the name and see who it was from. And if it's just like a generic newsletter, ask yourself if this is like actually adding value to your life. Is this actually something you look forward to getting or is this actually someone you you look forward to getting an email from? And if it's not, and it's totally fine if it isn't, just hit unsubscribe. Just unsubscribe right there. And if it is, keep it. But after you've done that, after you've just run through like each of the last 100 emails you received, delete the ones that you don't want, unsubscribe from the newsletters you don't want to be getting anymore. And then in like two or three weeks, come back and do it again. And this is the process I think that Jacob and I have both used to clean our inboxes up. And I'll note that like, it's not a bad thing to unsubscribe from people at all. Because there's been times when I was learning something and I signed up for someone's blog and I enjoyed their emails for a while, but then I moved on and was learning something else. And it's and those emails aren't relevant to me anymore. So it's important to just come back like every couple of weeks or even a month or so and just start to unsubscribe from the emails you notice that you just swipe out without looking at. If you notice you're not opening emails from a certain person or a certain blog or platform, just unsubscribe from those. That way they don't keep cluttering up your inbox. Yeah. And quick side note. So when I wrote this post, I hadn't fully, I guess, optimized email setup to where it is today. I've actually learned of a couple new tools in the last 
I guess, month or so since writing this post that I want to share. So the process that Terry was just talking about of going through those last 100 emails and unsubscribing, I think there's an easier way to do this that I found out about recently. And that's through a website called Unroll Me. And if you go to that website, it's completely free. You enter in your email. Essentially, you're going to get a mega list of every single email subscription that you're a part of. And what Unroll Me allows you to do is either one, unsubscribe, two, keep the email subscription in your regular inbox, or three, add it to your daily rollup. And your daily rollup is essentially one email that gets sent to you at the end of the day. It comes to me at like 6.30 at night. And it includes like all of my email lists that I want to be a part of, but I don't necessarily want to be spammed from throughout the day. And so that's just a great tool that I found that's helped me out a lot. And it essentially takes the process that Terry was just talking about and automates it. Like literally just in a click of a button, you can unsubscribe, keep it in your inbox, whatever. And it's just super nice to see that entire list. And then every couple of weeks, you can get back on there and do the same thing because you're going to probably throughout those weeks that you're just doing your regular life, you're going to come across new email things that you're signing up for. And so it's just a good idea to always go back and clean that up again. And in regards to what Terry was saying about completely muting your inbox, I actually kind of just did that, but a little bit different. And so I muted like a buzz or vibration on my phone. What I kept was those little, I think they're called badges on the app. I'm like a red one or a red 27. If you have 27 unread emails that show me that I have unread emails, but they don't it doesn't buzz me throughout the day and kind of interrupt me. And so because of habit, I still go back and check my email. And so I don't really worry about missing too many unimportant emails, but it's not interrupting me at the most important times. And so that's just a quick side note of what you can do in regards to one, unsubscribing from emails and two, trying to mute your inbox without completely being unaware of what's going on. Also, I'm going to talk quickly about just general notifications on your phone, because this goes right along with what I was just saying about email notifications. I would say that notifications from almost every app should be turned off, in my opinion. I think really the only ones that you should have them on for um, would be your messages app, maybe your email if you want to do that, or I can't really think of any other examples, but like those are the primary two maybe a calendar app if you have like meetings coming through, but I feel like almost every other app should be turned off. And I really think that's going to start to eliminate your distractions and also eliminate your time spent on your phone. By the way, how's that Unroll app been working for you? So I tested out two apps at the same time. One was Unroll and then two was this one called Boomerang, which what Boomerang would do was pause your inbox so you don't get notifications. And then three times throughout the day, it would like send you one notification that says, Hey, your inbox has just been unpaused. Go ahead and check it out, what you're missing. And so, like every six hours, I would go check my email, which I feel like is a pretty safe time. You're not going to miss too much, you know? Um, and so that was working pretty well to me. Like in theory, it was working pretty well. But the problem was, I was just still so nervous about missing something that I would check it more than just those three times. But I was like slowly working towards just checking it those three times throughout the day. Unfortunately, I didn't realize this, but that was like a premium trial. And so I had to, that got canceled automatically. So I had to come up with a new system. And that's when I decided just to mute my inbox, but like leave the notification. I don't, they're called badges, but I don't know what a better word is to describe that. So I can still see that I have unread emails, but it's not interrupting me, if that makes sense. So, but the Unroll app has been working pretty darn well. 
I don't really think about it a whole lot because I just go on there, unsubscribe, and then forget about it. But the fact that I don't have to think about it makes me think that it's working pretty well because I'm not getting spammed by those people that used to be spamming me. So I think pretty well. So the next step we have here, the next suggestion we have is to take care of your time wasting apps. Uh, more often than not, this comes in the form of social media or Netflix or YouTube or other apps that aren't necessarily bad, but that we can just easily end up spending hours and hours and hours on. And we have th three general tips for taking a look at those apps. Either use self-discipline when using the app. So like limit yourself to, and I, I think most phones nowadays come with the ability to set a time limit. And if your phone doesn't, like if it's an older Android, then you might be able to download a different app. Actually, I think I have an app called Antisocial uh, for Android that basically does that. I think it tracks, I haven't opened it in a while because I'm using the standard one that comes on my Android phone. But Antisocial is like a third-party app you can download to manage your screen time and set time limits for apps. So either use self-discipline when using the apps that consume the most of your time. Like when you do the step Jacob talked about, like which is going in and looking at your, your screen, time, screen time from the past week. If you notice an app there has way too much time, either use self-discipline when using it in the future, take a break from it by just uninstalling the app. You can keep your account or you know, go cold turkey and like delete your account if you deem it's wise to do so. Just delete your entire account and delete the app and just move on from that platform. And I actually just used step number two or tip number two, which is take a break. I use that on most of the social media apps on my phone. I was just getting frustrated with how I would get a notification and then end up wasting an hour in the middle of my day on some random threads. So I just deleted Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And I can't remember if I deleted any others. But in the following days, I had a lot more like mental clarity and just wasn't wasting time like I was before. So the next step then is to try to disconnect yourself from your phone. So we've talked a little bit about how um, your phone distracts you, but you also might want to just kind of separate yourself from your phone. I think so often people are used to just keeping their phone on them 24 seven. I'm guilty of this as well. It's either in my pocket, like on the desk or like right next to my bed almost all the time. But a few things that I've done to try to separate myself from my phone. One is turn on do not disturb. So about an hour before I go to bed, my do not disturb kicks on and essentially notifications like show up, but they don't notify me. You know, they, they don't disturb me um, as the name suggests. And that continues from an hour before bed until like an hour after I wake up. And so that helps me with the last moments of my day are uninterrupted. Another thing that you can do is turn on airplane mode. If you find that when you're in do not disturb, you still grab your phone all the time and end up like swiping up to see what those notifications are, even though you weren't notified about them just because it's like it's a habit, you can turn on airplane mode and then you actually won't even get those notifications because your phone won't connect to, at least it won't connect to cellular. I guess you might have to turn off your Wi-Fi as well to make sure that you don't get those notifications. But if you do both of those things, you won't get any notifications. I don't really like this one because if there was like some important notification, I feel like I could miss it. But I guess if you're really desperate, you could give this one a try. Finally, you can leave your phone in a different room if you're trying to do some deep work for a couple hours, you know, maybe go put your phone in, in a different room other than the one that you're working in. Or, you know, at night, if you have a tough time 
you know, spending too much time on social media or watching Netflix, you can put your phone in a different room and then, you know, have the freedom to essentially wind down in a different way and then go to bed without being tempted to look at your phone a bunch. And so those are kind of the three ways that you can disconnect yourself from your phone. And the next suggestion we have for productivity is to use kind of what's called like life buckets or just kind of organize your life into major buckets. So all of us, I would say almost all of us have several areas of life that are important to us, but that require different like tasks and different things to just work on them and on a daily schedule. Most of us will probably have a bucket called school. And I'm sure a lot of us would have a bucket called sports, whether it's like basketball or baseball or swimming or something. Some, like I think Jacob and I both have um, a few buckets for our different businesses, like this blog. And Jacob has one for his freelancing business or his freelancing business and his t-shirt business. I have one for my eBay business. Essentially what it is, is just taking the major areas of your life, whether it's like a major hobby or a sport or school or an interest and you just assign like anything that has to do with that one specific area like anything that has to do with school into just a bucket that's the format you keep across your email your calendar app your to-do lists and basically any productivity systems you set up for yourself use that format of keeping everything that belongs to a specific area of life into its own bucket well said another popular productivity rule is called batching Essentially, imagine you are a baker, you know, baking cookies, for example, and you make a batch of cookies at a time that while you might only need to sell two cookies today, you might bake, you know, three dozen just so that, you know, you're ready for the next few days when people want to come and buy cookies. And when it comes to productivity, batching is pretty much the same thing. You're trying to take all of these similar tasks and put them together. And so in this case, you know, once you have your life buckets, you might try to do all of your school tasks. Like for me, I try to do all my school tasks on Thursdays. Um, I try to do all of my blogging tasks on Wednesdays, you know, so it's taking your life buckets and essentially trying to do those tasks in those life buckets on one specific day or in a certain set of time. Maybe you say, you know, this morning I'm going to be working on school. This afternoon I'm going to be working on sports. And then tonight I might be spending time with family. You know, that would be kind of an, an example way of how you might batch your time to try to lump as many similar tasks together, like one after the other. So you can just really stay focused moving from one task to another. And to be honest, that batching thing is probably one of the biggest weaknesses in my personal system, like personal productivity system right now, because I'll be talking about to-do lists here in a second. But when I plan out my day on my Google Calendar app, I'll use like the tasks function or like the tasks piece to like kind of add some I enjoy the Google Calendar app because I can put all my classes into the calendar and it you know, repeats them for the entire semester. And then I can also just organize tasks, basically is what they're called in the app, around those classes and see when I should be getting things done. But I think the biggest weakness system I have set up right now is that I mix too many different things into one day. Like I'll try to do blogging and then I'll try to like do some eBay stuff and then I'll try to also do some personal tasks. And when I mix them all, then I just start splitting my attention and I start, you know, doing the easiest tasks that aren't as important and ignoring the bigger ones that are important. So batching is huge. But going to to-do lists, there's a lot of people will either hate them or love them. But I do feel like used to a very, very long time. I think they're good. They aren't entirely evil things like some people might make them out to be. 
but there are things you can do to make them better than the average the way set up the way they're set up one thing you can do is to make sure that the to-do lists you write down are small because sometimes i'll also make a mistake where i write down a to-do list and it might be something like complete unit one of teen financial freedom course and that's way too big because i'm like i'll look at that and i'll want to ignore it because i'm like what do i do do i write the scripts do i record the videos do i do the video editing there's so much that i avoided so make sure you divide the task up into like a bunch of tiny smaller steps that you can take that aren't as intimidating and then it also helps to make sure your list isn't way too long because on days like today when we're recording this episode i had a huge list for my saturday that wasn't entirely realistic so i ended up getting less done than if i had scheduled a proper amount just budget in time for errors or just kind of keep in mind that whatever you're working on will probably take longer than you expected is essentially the idea here yeah and i'm going to add another quick side note here i recently tried a method called the 135 rule I think it's pretty unpopular. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But essentially what it comes down to is on your to-do list each day, you should have one big item or one item that's the most important, three medium items, and then five small items. And what I like about this method is one, it prioritizes it. It shows you, you know, what do I need to get done today that is going to take up the most of my time, but what's also the most important thing that I need to get done today. And then it also, it just kind of allows you to roll through things from like one task to another, because you want to start off the day with the most important and the biggest task first, because the saying goes, you want to eat the frog or however it goes. And then from there, go on to the smaller tasks. And so that's worked pretty well for me with the exception of, I think that one, three, and five is a little bit too big. Like Terry was just talking about, that's nine tasks and that's a pretty long to-do list. So I tried that for a week. And then what I did instead was I changed it to one, two, three, which is just six items. And that works a lot better for me. It's just the perfect amount where I can get a lot done, but also not get burnt out. Um, And so I just wanted to throw that in there. But we're actually going to wrap this episode up here. This is going to be part one of this episode, just because we're only about halfway through this post and we've been talking for quite a while. So sorry for the longer episode, but we're going to continue this post in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 